Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Whew, it was a, it is a hot day uh, in Las Vegas. I think it's supposed to get up to 108 tomorrow or Friday. Uh, so it's 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 starting to heat up. Uh, apparently there's a cold front coming in. Uh, it'll drop it down to the 90s or, at the, or some such thing uh, next week. So no doubt summer is here. Uh, we're all for it. And that means that football is here, essentially. Uh, the Raiders completing week two of uh, phase three of OTAs. Uh, we were out at practice uh, today, got a chance to, uh, to take a good long look um, at the Raiders for about an hour or so. Uh, always enjoy uh, taking a look at things. Um, what happens with the Raiders is they go out for the first hour um, out on the field outside. So that's where the heat obviously is, uh, is prevalent. Then they take it back inside uh, for a little while. Uh, they have the indoor facility here um, at the practice facility. And you would think, well, why don't they just practice the entire time indoors, it would make life a whole lot easier for everybody involved, especially when when you're talking about the heat here in Las Vegas. But just remember that the indoor facility, as beautiful as it is, uh, there, it's, it's turf inside there. So, um, from what I understand, uh, you know, players have talked about, and this isn't exclusive to the Raiders. Um, I think it's you know anywhere you're, you're you're talking about professional football players playing on that turf or practicing on that turf. It takes a little bite out of you um, on the knees and joints and muscles and all that kind of stuff. So in spite of the heat, and the players were definitely talking about the heat today um, out at Henderson, body-wise, in terms of your joints and your muscles and all of those type of things, the players would prefer practicing out on the grass. So, uh, so that's how that works. But really... You know, getting a chance to, to look at some of these guys. One guy that I've been keeping an eye on is is the young defensive end Malcolm Kuntz uh, from the University of, of Buffalo. Uh, the Raiders drafted him in the in the third round. Uh, here's a guy that had like thirteen, yeah, thirteen sacks over his last seventeen games uh, in college. That's not a bad ratio whatsoever at whatever level uh, you're talking about. And when you watch the tape of Malcolm Kuntz, and then you see him out there on the field, you understand what it was that really intrigued the Raiders about him. Um, he, 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 body-wise, you know, he's got that body that you're looking for uh, from a pass rusher, got the long arms, uh, is lean, explosive. Uh, but when you watch him working, whether it's against the bag, whether it's working against a teammate, um, you know, as, a, as an offensive lineman, that natural feel for pass rush is really prevalent, and it's something that I think is going to get him on the field pretty early in his career. He's not going to be a starter. The starting spots are taking at that position, uh, but there's going to be packages, I think, where Malcolm Kuntz uh, is going to be on the field and carving out a niche for himself early in his career. I think that's going to lead to the possibility of some production. If you can get four or five, six sacks out of Malcolm Kuntz, in the role that he's expected to play, uh, that's a win-win for the Raiders right off the bat. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajo. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? How you doing, Vinny? Hope you're staying cool. <laughs> Try it. Don't get, don't get to 108. 
All right? Yeah. So, yeah. You got to be 98. Stay in AC place. Yeah, I mean, you're working inside at Hope, right? And I don't think oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Well, working inside, yeah. But we were, we were out there at practice. So, uh, uh, it's all good. You got to do what you got to do. They should cut the practice in half. I, I think we favor the Raiders that way. No, I wasn't mentioned yesterday. You brought a sensitive subject. Kind of hits home. And you mentioned about all the problems, especially in this country, and then the guns. You know, I work. I won't mention the name, but uh, I know if I went to the FBI or something like that, I'll probably get fired. But you're a journalist. I'm, not, I'm just saying that it's so easy to online shipping if you get my drift. But um, we're not going to solve the problems of the world here by speaking about it. Um, I won't mention about USA, but with the, with the Raiders, uh, I think the defense line. I think it's going to be a pretty good one. It's kind of bringing back, uh, you know, Howie Long. Rick Townsend, um, Russell, the guy from USC, but he won up being a, a character. He's probably like, he was third pick. I forgot his first name. Russell was his last name. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, the USC defensive tackle. Absolutely. Nothing to remember about. Uh, well, yeah, he, yeah, we, we, yeah, he, uh, he got into some trouble. So uh, we'll move on yeah. from him. Definitely. Um, and I mentioned older sister about a week ago, but he was a defensive tackle. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I think you meant OT. Maybe, maybe I, uh, I have an accent. No, no, yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking of um, Art um, uh, Shell. Uh, for for some reason, that's who I was picturing when you said that name. So, but yeah, uh, definitely uh, Otis was was a really good football player, and uh, you know the Raiders need players uh, like them along the defensive line. I do like what I'm seeing uh, uh, from that defensive line right now. Uh, they're just such a combination of body types. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, and skill sets. Um, so, you know, and I think, you know, Yannick Ngakwe has not been out there, but uh, I think he's got the trust of the coaching staff. He's This isn't his first rodeo. Um, I would expect that he's going to show up at some point. Maybe it's going to be at minicamp uh, to cap this whole off-season program off, but uh, wouldn't worry about him. He's unknown quantity. Uh, but talking about Malcolm Coons, talking about even even um, you know uh, you're looking Cree Farrell, uh, what he looks like right now, and uh, some of the uh, nuances and uh, changes that he's made uh, as far as trying to get better as a uh, you know as, as a pass rusher, um, you know that it just looks different. I think Max Crosby uh, now fully healthy. Uh, looks fantastic, and he's flying around uh, the, the field out there. Uh, so there's, to me, and with Max, there's no reason why he can't get back to the 10.5 sacks that he had as a rookie. Even if even if those snaps go down a little bit because of Yannick Ngakwe being being here, uh, I think those snaps are going to be more efficient. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping Farrell, uh, you know, keeps uh, going on with upward track there. But I want to say, I know you probably cover USC, the Pac-12. Pac-12 uh-huh. has a lot of talent. Especially USC. And as I'll be your neck of the woods, you know, you're a journalist, you probably write till, I don't think two hours is enough for you. Keep busy. Uh, <laughs> well, I, used to, I mean, for, 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 for many years, USC was the professional team uh, in Los Angeles. So very, very well versed uh, in, in USC football, especially during that Pete Carroll run right there. No doubt about it. Covered well, a lot of uh, USC football games. Well, despite the coach, she's still a little iffy. But I like the wide receivers. They had these two quarterbacks behind them. Um, but the wide receivers, I think they got some uh, first-round talent there. I think a bunch of them. I think Drake, yeah. Drake London, he maybe win the Heisman, but they're going to do well this year. I can't wait. The year's going to, I had the football season goes too fast, but I can't wait for college. 
I hear you, man. And thanks for the call. And USC always has first-round uh, players uh, every single year. Clay Helton, the head coach. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure about about him. The thing about at USC though, there's so much talent that you know. Um, even a coach like Clay Helton, who I have a lot of respect for him, you know, as a person. I just I, I don't know if he's the leader that USC needs or requires. Um, but you know, even 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 with whatever shortfalls he might have. Sometimes you can luck into an eleven-one season, uh, just coaching that much talent, and we'll see if if USC can uh, can put it all together. Uh, but we're you know obviously talking about the Raiders and and you know some of our observations of what we saw today, uh, uh, pigtailing off of what ducktailing off of what we saw uh, last week. Um, it's you know you start seeing it at this point, and then you start kind of advancing your mind to, all right, what's this going to look like in pads? What's this going to look like when real tackling and all that type of stuff uh, is involved? Uh, but I think that, you know, there's there's signposts during the course of, of a season, and you just have to check them off. You have to pass them, you know, on your way to whatever your season is going to be. And I think that the Raiders are, are, are checking off some boxes. I think they're, um, you know, uh, uh, Passing the necessary signposts um, along the way, and and we'll see how that what that what that means uh, in terms of uh, success. You know, in terms of how much better this team can be. But you know, I don't think there's any doubt that you know we talk about the defense; it has to get better, right? I mean, they gave up 30 points per game last year. <laughs> it has to get better. Um, and, and if it does, even just marginally, even we've talked about this, um, you know, if, if the Raiders could get it down to 23 points per game uh, defensively, it's going to make things a lot easier, a lot better. They're going to win their share of games if that's the case. Uh, if it's even better than that, you know, that's that's even better, obviously. Um, but, you know, we're, we'll, we'll see. And one of the players that I think is going to play a big part of that, and I really enjoyed uh, hearing from Trevon Mullen uh, today because I think he's another he's a very quiet player, but um, I think in this system under Gus Bradley and, and under Ron Milas, I think I think somebody like a Trevon Mullen going into year three now, he has a chance uh, to blossom. They just drafted him in the second round in 2019. Uh, he got on the field about halfway through that rookie season. Um, kind of turned the corner at that point, started playing really he played well to end that rookie season. Um, and I think last year, uh, you know, I think the whole defense had issues and there was a lot of underlying issues that were going on um, that aren't excuses, kind of more explanations on, on why things happen the way they happen. Um, but I think that somebody like a Trayvon Mullen now in year three working with this staff, you know, has a chance himself uh, to, to take a step in the right direction. And, and here's Trayvon Mullen today talking about uh, just not only himself, but teammates and many of them taking advantage of OTAs right now. It's good that a lot of guys came to OTAs, uh, come together, uh, learn each other, learn the new teammates. Um, it was imperative because we got a new defense coordinator, a uh, new defensive staff, a uh, new system. Um, so really excited about that, um, being, having the chance to be around the guys, um, learn each other, learn the calls, be able to um, you know, have some camaraderie and 
so we can uh, be better than we were the uh, year before. For me, I feel like uh, uh, it's going well. Uh, as, a, as a defensive group, we're all coming together uh, step by step. Um, even with mistakes, you know we got to fix it. It's a new system. Uh, those things are going to happen. Uh, but I believe if we just continue to stay together, um, be with each other, uh, play as a unit, um, and continue to grow, then we'll be fine. Um, I'm happy with the guys that we have here. Uh, I feel like we're going to grow and be something special. When you buy your... That's Trayvon Mullen talking about um, OTAs and the importance of them. And you know, he mentioned something that was pretty important. Um, mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen, right? Uh, and, you, you know, obviously you want to mitigate them. You want to manage them. Uh, you want to obviously don't repeat them. That's the key. Uh, learn from them. And, and learning from them means not repeating them. It's going to happen still. I mean, human beings, it's a human being sport. Um, but here's the thing. This is why OTAs are so important, because mistakes are supposed to happen. When you're learning something new, when you're doing something new, anytime a group of players come together you know, for the first time in this setting, uh, especially when you're talking about a new system, mistakes are bound to happen. But what a perfect time to commit them and to learn from them and smooth them out than in the first week of June where there's no real pressure, nobody's getting ready to get cut, no decisions have to be made on who to keep and who not to keep. Jobs, you know, the jobs that are open, um, you know, there's still plenty of time to get that all figured out and decided. This is a development part of the season, of the calendar, of the NFL year. It's development, teaching, learning, installing, and it's, and it's a very... It's a very um, low-key, but I'm trying to explain this. It's low-key, but it's intense, if that makes sense. It's a, there's an intensity out there. You have to bring it every day that you, that you walk on the field uh, at this level. Um, and every second is important, and every second is to be taken advantage of, and that's why you have to be present. Um, you have to be engaged uh, wherever, wherever you are, wherever your feet are. Um, make that the most important place that you're going to be during that day, right? So when you're present, uh, when Raiders are, the Raiders are on the field, that's the most important that thing that they're doing at that particular time of the day. And so treat it as such. And so that's the mindset. But at the same time, it's, it's also kind of low-key. Like there's no winning or losing going on right now. There's no preparing for a next opponent. There's no time. There is time to spare. Let's put it that way. There are certain times of the year, even in training camp, yeah, you're going to have your mistakes in training camp. Yes, it's less hectic than, you know, when it, when it gets to the, to the regular season when you're literally game planning for an opponent and putting in your offense for that week and your defense for that week. And, and there's no second to spare. Like, every second counts. Uh, and there's a pressure to it. Whereas right now, that's, you know, the, the, the level of urgency is, is much less, much lower, I should say. Uh, so you can make mistakes. This is mistakes are going to happen. The coaches completely understand that. Uh, but being able to learn from them right now, grow from them right now. Oh, okay. I see what I did. All right. Yep. Yeah, I was in the wrong place. Make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, it's, it's, it's much more conducive to learning right now. You're not under the gun. And that's why I always talk about 
why this time of year truly is important and, and meaningful and beneficial. Um, you know, I remember Devon last week was, was talking about how Cleve Farrell says you can't read too much into it. What he was talking about was making any kind of decisions or proclamations on play and individual players, which totally understand. That's not going to really happen until, honestly, the lights come on. That's the ultimate. When the lights come on and, you know, it's time to perform, that's when truly the great ones, the good ones get separated and it all gets sorted out. What's important about this time of year is the teaching and the developing and, and um, you know, honing in on and trying to drill down as an individual and as a team to just get better, put yourself in the right direction and the proper direction to be at your best when those lights come on. And then when that happens, um, then it's just like going to see a play. You know, you have to know your lines, you have to know where you're supposed to be, you have to execute. And that's truly what ends up separating everybody from everybody else. It's what happens when the lights go on. So you're not going to be able to say, oh, that guy's going to be a star or that guy's going to, you know, for sure get the job done because you truly don't know until until the lights go on. But, you know, when you start looking at groups and personnel groupings and position groups and, you know, how things are, are operating and, and demeanors and, and uh, you know, how people are digesting information and, and you know, uh, reflecting that on once they get onto the grass and on the field, you can, you can definitely make some determinations where this guy's on the right track. This guy, eh, like it's going to take him a little bit, a little while longer and all that. So, but it is important. And as Trayvon Mullen talked about the camaraderie, learning each other, developing chemistry with one another, so much of life, so much of sports is about trust. Are you going to be where you're supposed to be? Can I count on you when, you know, when, when the stunt call is this and you know that I got to go do that and I'm vacating an area right here, can I trust that you're going to be on the same page so that you fill the area that I'm vacating in this stunt? That's, you know, knowing that and having trust in your, in your teammates uh, to, to all be on the same page and to be where they need to be. And really, when you think about football, it's just so crazy how, You've got 11 players on each side of the ball. If one guy, one guy does the wrong thing on a play because he's spaced out, because he just doesn't know, because he made a mistake, whatever the case might be, it could blow the whole dang thing up. One guy, uh, you know, and, and the quarterback gets blamed for it or, you know, uh, the running back gets blamed for it when, in fact, it might have been way deeper than that. Somebody didn't, you know, didn't pull when they were supposed to pull or whatever the case might be. So, but this is the time of year where, you know, you can, you can make those mistakes in kind of a low key behind the scenes atmosphere, learn from them uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and grow from them because pretty soon in about a month or so, a little bit longer than a month, but next month, let's put it that way. At the end of next month, it's full bore ahead. And once the Raiders get together on July 27th, obviously, yes, there's still some decisions to be made. There's still a lot of install that's going on. There's still a lot of uh, development that's going on. But really, training camp, once they get to training camp, it's about getting ready for that season opener and putting themselves in the best possible position for that season opener and beyond. 
uh, to win as many football games as they possibly can. Right now, it's it's a little bit different, uh, which is why I like this time of year. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Nevada. When you buy or sell a house with Homie, everyone wins. As an official partner of our Vegas Golden Knights, we'll call it our Homie Ice Advantage. You'll save thousands because Homie agents don't charge high commissions. Your experienced local real estate agent will help you through every step of the buying or selling process. Plus, if you're selling your home because of COVID-19, Homie will waive your $3,000 listing fee. Win, win, win. Homie has your back. Text Knights to 88588 to buy or sell with Homie. Homie is an equal housing opportunity provider. Brokerage license number B144145. Las Vegas home values have skyrocketed and interest rates are at all-time lows. That means it's time to call Nova Home Loans, 877-700-NOVA. It's Steve Cofield. I'm telling you, you got to get your mortgage tuned up at Nova Home Loans. In less than 30 minutes, they'll tell you how much your house has appreciated. With that equity, improve your home. Set up a pandemic relief fund or even pay off mounting debt. I got my mortgage tuned up at Nova Home Loans, got money out of the house, and my monthly payment still went down over $200. Call Nova Home Loans now, 877-766-82. That's 877-700-NOVA. BetMGM is turning up the heat this summer for sports fans. So ask the question, are you ready to join the action? Download that BetMGM app today and you can stop by any of the nine MGM resort destinations on the Strip with your state-issued ID for a speedy sign-up. And then you'll be able to place bets from anywhere in Nevada. Oh, you're gonna love it. Get ready for the non-stop excitement with dozens of sports betting options only available on the BetMGM app. That includes in-play wagering, all the props, all the parlays, and so much more. Step into the betters box and swing for the fences with a baseball wager. Or take some big shots downfield at a major payday with your favorite soccer team. Download the app today and stop by a BetMGM Sportsbook in Las Vegas to register. Because in no time, it'll be showtime with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks and an official betting partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's JT, and you know I love a great Vegas steakhouse, and my family loves to grill out almost every night of the week. Now I have the ultimate hookup for you at MeetUpVegas.com. Vegas's premier wholesale meat provider. I've already purchased the Happy Griller case. The steaks and chicken were exceptional. I'm not going back to the grocery store to purchase meat anytime soon. Go to MeetUpVegas.com. The code is JTBrick. The code is JTBrick at MeetUpVegas.com. Code JTBrick. Hi. Yeah, I'm your radio. You know, the one right here in your dash. Those screaming car ads really tweak my tweeters. No money down, low monthly payments. I just need a moment of silence. Thanks for that. If you're interested in a new car, just say, hey, Siri, take me to Finley Kia. Getting directions to Findlay Kia. You know, wherever we are, I bet we're within 10 minutes of Findlay Kia. They're right in the middle of town. They're on Sahara, just west of Decatur. Starting route, Findlay Kia's only 10 minutes away. Ha, huh, what do you know? And it's Finley owned, so you know you'll get a great deal. Not that screamy stuff. And if you don't have time right now, you can totally shop online. And they'll deliver right to our house. Although I'd probably sweep out the garage. Okay, break's over. Time to get back to your station. Come see a Kia. Come see a Kia. Kia. Oh, wrong button. Not really. 
When it comes to dependability in car batteries, no one beats Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been providing outrageously dependable starting power for over 65 years. With over 200,000 dealers nationwide, there's one near you. Just click on interstatebatteries.com. Step up to the plate at PT's Taverns to catch all of your baseball and Vegas Golden Knights games this season. Break the ice with our delicious food and drink specials from $3, featuring boneless wings and fries, buffalo shrimp, mango cart micheladas, and more. Stop in between 5 and 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. any day of the week for 50% off drinks during happy hour. With over 60 taverns, there's always a location near you. To find your closest tavern, visit ptstaverns.com today. Hey guys, this is Vinny B with Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Nothing brings family, friends, and Raider Nation together like tequila. For me, that means the ambassador. Tequila Embajador, where you'll find perfection in every sip. Tequila Embajador brings cultures together. Taste the tradition. My friends and owners, Les and Andres, have poured their hearts into developing a distinguished tequila with a commitment to excellence. Visit EmbajadorTequila.com, plug in the code in the huddle, and get a 10% discount on your next purchase. That's EmbajadorTequila.com and the code in the huddle. Yeah, he's slowly been progressing, um, you know, um, since he's, you know, been off. But uh, he looks good. He looks powerful. That's the one thing I, I say about Brian. He runs very powerful routes. Um, he's powerful at, you know, top of his break point. And then when he goes to catch the ball, he snatches it away. And uh, so, you know, he's just a baller. I, I've known him since, you know, we were kids. And he's always been that way. And so hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy and have a great year this year. And y'all and the rest of the uh, world can kind of see what I've, I've seen we're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. A good thing that Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards uh, are good friends and they go way back. Because um, you know how hard it is for a Clemson guy to give it up to a South Carolina guy? I know they're in different conferences, and that's probably a, uh, a good thing. You know, obviously Georgia, or excuse me, South Carolina plays in the SEC. Clemson and the ACC, uh, but those are the two schools uh, in the state of Carolina, and uh, there's not a lot of love loss between those two universities, especially when it comes to football. Um, so, a good thing that Hunter and Brian go way back. But bigger point being, and by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster, brought to you by Tequila and Bahador. Hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. Bigger point is that um, I don't think you know. There were a lot of circumstances that conspired uh, against, you know, Brian Edwards last year, namely getting dragged down from behind. I still think that was a kind of a horse collar tackle uh, against the, the, the New England Patriots game three. And I remember watching it. Uh, I was in the press box uh, at Gillette Stadium and watching that going, oh, no. Uh, it just looked really bad uh, when Brian Edwards got dragged down from behind uh, the way he did. I thought at first it was a knee injury. Turns out it was an ankle injury. It turns out it was pretty significant. Uh, and, and, you know, Brian missed a bunch of time because of that. And, uh, you know, as we said earlier with Henry Ruggs, just because you're back doesn't always mean that, you know, you're, you're a hundred percent and, you know, getting back into the swing of things and, and hitting the ground running. Sometimes that's not going to happen. Uh, and so Brian Edwards, it took him a little while to catch back up and to get completely healthy and to find that. Uh, explosiveness and that power, um, and also just his way, uh, his spot, his his place in in what the Raiders were doing. Uh, it kind of finished strong 
for, for Brian Edwards. He had a touchdown catch against the Denver Broncos. We had a couple of nice catches uh, in that game. I thought that was important for him uh, moving forward to, to, to finish it on a strong note and uh, kind of propel him into a very important offseason for him now going into year two. Um, so, you know, um, he's, he's I, I wouldn't say a forgotten man, but much like Foster Moreau, and I was, I was listening the other day to a national uh, radio show and they were sizing up the Raiders tight ends. And uh, one of, you know, obviously the big headliner is, is Darren Waller. So he got like the highest grade. Uh, that you could possibly get among, you know, as this, as, uh, this radio show was, was doing uh, its great assessment on each position. Uh, and for, in this case, it was the Raiders tight end group. But, you know, they were kind of docked behind uh, Darren Waller because what's behind Darren Waller uh, is fairly unknown uh, at the moment. In fact, outside of, you know, Foster Moreau, who had a glimpse as a rookie in 2019, there really isn't a lot of production there. Derek Carrier, uh, the third down, third tight end, is more of a blocker, more of a, um, uh, a special teams guy. So there's not really a big body of work uh, to, to, to consider for him. But as I was listening to this, um, and it's no fault of, of the, uh, the host of that show, again, Foster Moreau, you have to go back two years, 2019, to when he had a semblance of, of success as a rookie and you know he had five touchdown uh, catches in 13 games um 20 some odd catches uh that that season so he was certainly finding his way as as a rookie but last year because of the injury that he suffered at the end of that rookie year was kind of a wash for him a lot of it was just getting himself back uh to full health so on the outside world when you look at the Raiders tight end uh group um, you, you'd probably be thinking, wow, is it, should the Raiders go out and maybe make a move for a veteran tight end or another tight end? Because to the outside world, Foster Moreau is a big unknown. And in some ways he is um, because he hasn't really, you know, had a full, full season where he's put up uh, some big numbers. And so it's natural that there would be skepticism from uh, the outside uh, world. But... In the Raiders building, there are high hopes for Foster Moreau. There's big plans for Foster Moreau. And challenge number one was getting him back fully healthy. And you watch Foster Moreau moving around um, on the practice field right now. It's obvious that he is. I'm really curious to see what that plan really looks like uh, for Foster Moreau because uh, he's big, he's tough, he's going to bring... Uh, an element of punch uh, in the blocking game, uh, whereas you know, Darren Waller is more of that wide receiver in a tight end's uh, kind of a body. Uh, so how he use, gets used is more like a wide receiver, whereas Foster Burrow, I think, is going to give that Raider some help uh, in line uh, as far as a blocker. But he's also a really good athlete and is also very explosive. Um, so we'll see how that translated to a bigger role. But same with Brian Edwards. When sight you know, out of sight, out of mind, and you kind of forget about him. And, and somebody like myself, I can't forget about him. I cover this team. Raider Nation hasn't forgotten about Brian Edwards. You know, that's the team that you're focusing in on. But any number of outposts across the country, nobody's really thinking too much of Brian Edwards because I, I always talk about that train keeps moving. But that doesn't mean just because they've forgotten about him or he's not on their radar doesn't mean he isn't on the radar. Because he is, big time. 
And I think, you know, Hunter Renfro, his good friend from back in their uh, South Carolina days, understands that. And he sees what he's seeing. And I know that the Raiders are seeing what they're seeing. Uh, he's got a chance, Brian Edwards, to also be a big factor uh, in this offense. And you start counting it up. All these players, all these weapons, potential weapons that the Raiders have, if they can hit, if Henry Ruggs can hit, if Brian Edwards can hit, if Foster Moreau can hit, I know we're mentioning a lot of ifs, but you watch them play and there's no reason why they can't. All three of them. All of a sudden that Raiders offense goes from very, very good to really, really darn good and very, very explosive. So I can't wait to see it when the lights go on and see how, what this all looks like. Uh, in that kind of a setting. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. Uh, Charles wants to talk about OTAs. How you doing, Charles? Doing. Hey, uh, have you seen Trey Regis out there? I think that's how you say his name. The running back. And I want to see how he looks. And what, what do you think about Devon Diablo? How come he hasn't been in camp? Who's that? Uh, Devon Diablo. Did I say that right? Oh, uh, yeah. Divine. <laughs> Divine Diablo. Um, yeah. He's He's there. He's 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 been at the building. He's participating okay. in all in everything um, aside from the uh, on field stuff right now. And I don't know this to be the case, but you know I'm going to put my uh, Colombo detective coat on, and it's probably because he hasn't signed his contract yet. He's probably waiting to get on the field until he signs the contract, and gets you know full full protection. So again, I don't know that to be the case. But I think that's it's an educated guess. However, he, he has been participating in everything else. He's at the building. He's been participating in the uh, off-season program. Um, he's been participating in the rookie program, which a lot of people kind of overlook that as well. There's an extensive rookie program that's ongoing throughout the off-season for these guys. Um, so, uh, and it's really important, actually. And it's, it's funny because last year's rookies – didn't get the benefit of that. I asked around the NFL, like, hey, did the Players Association maybe think about, or somebody in the NFL maybe thinking about, hey, getting last year's rookie group into this year's rookie program? Because I think it's, it's important beyond just football. There's a lot of life stuff that goes on in that rookie program. Uh, but anyway, to answer your question, um, he's in the building and participating in everything but on-field stuff. I can't say uh, that uh, that I've gotten a chance to really get a good look at the um, – you're talking about the running back from Louisiana, yeah. right? University of Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I'll keep an eye on him uh, for, for next Wednesday. I know he's out there, uh, but um, you know I've been uh, focusing in on, on on other position groups. But I'll, I'll keep an eye on on him uh, for for next week. Somebody's gonna, you know, whether it's Jalen Richard. Um, obviously, he's that third down running back uh, that the Raiders have had for a couple of years. Does he make the team? You know, is that number, he's making, what, $3.5 million? Uh, is, is, is that, do you want to pay, you know, that position that much money? I don't know. You know, I can't answer that question. We'll, we'll see. But it's, it, it was, to get rid of, to, to release him and maybe, you know, use that money in a different, uh, at a different position requires somebody taking that job, too, or creating a comfort level uh, that, that they can right. do the job. And I think the, the, the running back, Trey, from, uh, from Louisiana, you know, has a chance at least. Uh, but I think, yeah. Um, go ahead. I looked up. I looked him up. I looked a lot of his highlights up, and the kid's impressive. I was, you know, I was surprised that you know somebody didn't take a fly on him late in the draft. Uh, so I'm just wondering how how he was here and 
you know, I guess we won't know till pads are on, though, probably, huh? Yeah, that's why I'm, uh, for, especially for guys like that, you know, uh, you, you know, it's so hard to distinguish yourself sometimes, uh, you know, here during OTAs where a lot of it is, is um, you know, installing the new offense, installing whatever the new wrinkles are and whatnot. Um, but a lot of these guys, and this is why last year not having uh, preseason games, I know they're virtually meaningless in a lot of ways to, to fans, but man, they can be critical for players that finally get a chance to get out there uh, and get reps because during practice, you know, that first team gets a lot of those reps. Uh, but when the first team isn't playing in the preseason uh, and you get a chance to get out there and get some carries, that's when guys like like he and, and others can really make a name for themselves, whether it's here with the Las Vegas Raiders or, or, or elsewhere. So I'm really, there's a bunch of guys that I cannot wait. In fact, I just texted somebody uh, uh, just a, a few seconds ago. I really can't wait to see Malcolm Kuntz uh, in a game situation. He looks like he knows what he's doing out there right now. Uh, that's such a big part for a, a, a rookie. I cannot wait to see how that looks on a field against an NFL you know, tackle um, and, and trying to get to the quarterback. He just looks like he knows what he's doing. Now we got to see if he can do it when the lights get turned on. Um, so uh, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it, Charles. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of guys that are in that that are in that um, position, you know, and. Uh, the running back that we were talking about was Trey Ragas, or, or Ragas, uh, R-A-G-A-S, uh, number 36. Um, and, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. Uh, the, the running back room right now is Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Jalen Rashard, Theo Riddick, uh, Trey, Alec Ingold, who's a fullback, uh, and Garrett uh, Groshek, uh, running back from Wisconsin, a fellow uh, alum of Wisconsin, much like Alec Ingold. Um, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs are the guys. Obviously, Alec uh, starting fullback. Is Jalen Richard going to still be that third down running back, that change of pace guy? Or is it going to be Theo Reddick who comes in at a much less daunting salary, that's for sure. Does that play into it? Don't know. We'll see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster. Brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, Casey Hayward, uh, of course, he uh, just brings that leadership, that veteran presence, uh, being in that system for a while, uh, being a multi-time pro bowler. Um, you know, when he's out there and he's speaking, you know, guys listen. And, uh, you know, it's just great to have him here. You know, I'm very impressed by the rookies. Uh, you know, uh, Trevon just... His calm, he has a very calm nature about him. Uh, he doesn't really get too flustered or, you know, all over the place or, you know, out of control. He's, he seems very dialed in and uh, on top of what he's doing. Um, you know, it's great to have Carl Joseph back. You know, me and him are already back to getting extra, you know, one-on-one reps together after practice. And just his demeanor and walkthroughs and drills and everything, just how serious he is about the game of football, uh, I feel like that, you know, creates a sense of urgency on the defensive side. So, you know, those are guys I'm noticing, but, uh, you know, all the rookies, uh, I can I can see why they wanted to have them here and things that they're already doing that are making me like, okay, like these guys can really contribute. Uh, and, you know, I'm excited about everybody they've added. So, uh, sometimes professional athletes are, you know, people. I'm not even going to say professional athletes. Sometimes people say things 
uh, or talk, <laughs> I should say. Uh, and some people literally have things to say uh, and say worthwhile things. That's why I always marvel. I can I can listen to, especially in the job that I do, uh, Darren Waller all the time because he doesn't just talk. He has things to say, and they're usually really articulate uh, and very well stated and, and insightful. Um, you know, what Darren Waller said uh, about Trayvon uh, Merig, Merig. Uh, by the way, his high school college calls him Trayvon, or excuse me, Trayvon. Uh, Darren just called him um, Trevon. I think it was so. We got to get that nailed down. We got to get uh, him on the on the uh, uh, on the air and uh, get it figured out once and for all. Because I feel like we're we're you know changing his name up all the time. So I apologize for that. We'll get it right. Uh, but this is a guy that was rated as the number one safety uh, in college football last year. There was a little issue. Um, I think it was the back or so, his back or something like that uh, at his pro day, which, as it turns out, was a bad <laughs> break. Uh, for uh, Trayvon, but for the Raiders, it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Uh, Trayvon lasted until the se second round. The Raiders were able to trade up uh, from their pick in the third in the second round to forty three uh, to go get him. And you look at uh, Mayrig, and this is a guy that, according to Pro Football Focus, led college football uh, in pass breakups the last two years. Uh, and force an incompletion, incompletion rate of nearly 20%. Um, in 2019, at 20 years old, he put up a 91.2 pro football focus grade. Uh, his 77.7 .7 coverage grade uh, was elite um, at, that, uh, at, that, at that level of football. Um, and he played over 1,000 cover snaps uh, in his TCU career and put up all kinds of good numbers in terms of that coverage. Uh, breaking up passes is an art. It's a skill. You have to be in the right place at the right time. You have to time it right. You have to see things right. You have to be able to pick up the football. You have to be able to do it without committing penalties. Uh, so how many times do you see defensive backs that lose sight of the ball or don't turn around in time to make a play? So when you're the number one guy the last two years in all of college football at that very thing, batting balls down, making plays on balls, I don't take that lightly. <clears throat> and to hear Darren Waller, I loved what he said uh, about Trayvon, you know, having sort of a calm uh, demeanor and persona and somebody that it looks like he knows what he's doing out there. We talked about Malcolm Kuntz to me. When it comes to pass rushing, it looks like he knows what the heck he's doing out there. And to, to step into the NFL with that kind of understanding right off the bat is really, really uh, important and impressive, uh, to say the least. Now I want to see Malcolm, uh, you know, can he do that in games? Can he do that, you know, when the lights go on? Is he going to be able, is that skill that he obviously has, you can see it, is that going to be able to translate on Sundays uh, at this level, we'll see. As far as Trayvon uh, and the demeanor and the kind of calming effect that he has or plays with is so, so important. Uh, we've talked so many times about how young this defensive backfield is. It's talented. There's a reason why Jonathan Abram was drafted in the first round. There's a reason why Damon Arnett was drafted in the first round. There's a reason why Trayvon Mullen was drafted in the first round. There's a reason now uh, where Trayvon uh, Merrig was drafted in the second round. He should have been a first-round pick had it not been for whatever happened uh, injury-wise at, at the pro day, or at the, yeah, his pro day. Uh, 
you start thinking about the first and second round picks that the Raiders have, and most of them are first round picks in that secondary now with Jonathan Abram, Trayvon, Trayvon Mullen, Damian Arnett. <laughs> the talent's there. The talent, without question, is there. I heard an interview, um, I think it was with Jim Mora, the former uh, NFL head coach, former coach at UCLA, former defense, former head coach in the, with the Seattle Seahawks, who, by the way, was the head coach when Gus Bradley first took over the defense in Seattle. If you remember correctly, Pete Carroll gets the head coaching job in Seattle, replacing Jim Mora Jr., and and and. Gus Bradley was already there. And Pete Carroll, who's a defensive mastermind as good as it gets in the history of this sport, decides, oh, I'm keeping this guy. He knew what Gus Bradley was all about. And together they they built the the Legion of Doom up in Seattle, uh, Legion of Boom in Seattle with not just first-round picks, but finding guys all over the draft that could come in and perform uh, at the highest levels. And you listen to what Jim Mora, um, what I heard talking about him. I think he was on the JT The Brick Show. Uh, shout out to JT. But he was talking about just get get Gus Bradley the necessary players, and that defense is going to be very, very good. Because in his hands, talented players historically excel. And I'm going to say this right now. Or it could be proven wrong. We, we we don't really know. I mean, we're going to find out sooner rather than later. I do think Damon Arnett's got talent. I do think Trayvon Mullen has talent. I do think Jonathan Abram, utilized correctly, has talent. I think Trayvon Morig has talent. Obviously, Casey Hayward has talent, has performed at the highest level in this league. Russell Douglas, who the, the Raiders also added. Carl Joseph, who's a good, you know, uh, average, good NFL player. That can be utilized in a bunch of different ways uh, in that defensive secondary. You start even Nevin Lawson can play. He can play at this level. He's performed. He's he, he you know you put him in there uh, in a, in a role. It doesn't have to be the starting role, uh, but coming off the bench uh, in in you know different sub packages is is got he's got talent. There's a reason why he stayed around the NFL for this long. Now with Gus Bradley and Ron Miles, I. It's just you, you start looking at the roster and you're going, there's talent here. It didn't work last year for whatever reason, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. And I think coaching had something to do with that. I'm not trying to point fingers at Paul Gunther, but whatever he was preaching, whatever he was doing, it just wasn't working. And it wasn't translating to the people that it has to translate to, and that's the players themselves. If Gus Bradley could get that message and, and, and it, it takes hold with these players, there's talent for them to then take that knowledge and, the, and those instructions and that scheme and those responsibilities and apply it to the field in a way that helps the Raiders defense. I'm really anxious to find out what that all looks like when the lights go on. So I want to say thanks to Jesse Merrick for joining us in the huddle. I want to say thanks for Demond Cotton uh, for making us sound good, number one, and also cutting up all that sound that we are able to enjoy and talk about today. I want to say thanks to the callers as usual. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, 
Um, there's a baseball game. Uh, the uh, Las Vegas a- uh, Aviators are playing tomorrow evening. So as a result, tomorrow's show is going to be pushed back a couple hours. We're on from 3 to 5 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, so don't forget uh, to join us. I'll tweet it out so that uh, you guys uh, are so that we're all on the same page. So see you tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.